flowers are blooming, the grass is growing, and it's time to chop the weeds. Thanks to our sponsors at Manscaped, you can trim those holes safely and efficiently. I'm talking about ball trimmers, y'all. Manscaped, the global leaders in men's below-the-waist grooming, have an exclusive offer for the Thomas Island audience. If you use our code, TAMA, and you'll get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Join the 2 million men who trust Manscaped. They're here to make sure your balls are trimmed and smelling nice. After all, it's time for some spring cleaning. Manscaped has all the tools to get you spring ready. Have you heard about the Weed Whacker? It's a nose and ear hair trimmer that provides proprietary skin-safe technology which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. There's no more gross nose hairs flying off into the wind. Plus, the premium Manscaped Weed Whacker uses a 9,000 RPM motor and a 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. Manscaped is making it easier than ever to whack your weeds and also to make sure that you have the most confidence while also providing hygiene. Speaking of incredible hygiene, Manscaped has formulations to keep you fresh and ready for everything that comes your way all day. The Crop Preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. It's starting to get hot outside, and this is crucial for your ball to stop sticking to your leg. I use it. It's great, especially as the summertime gets swampier. If you go to manscaped.com right now and use the code TAMA, you'll get 20% off and free shipping. That's right. Use the code T-A-M-A for free shipping and 20% off at manscaped.com. Manscaped. Shave your balls. And welcome to Thomas Island Podcast, everyone. We appreciate you joining us here for another. Actually, Ross, is this the first edition? This is the first edition, Thomas. This We're is the first. Yeah, the first episode. First episode on Thomas Island. Besides the other interview, that's all formal stuff. But this is the legit meat of it all, everyone. I like to introduce to you my co-host, my New Japan aficionado. This is my guy. Did I say that right? Aficionado? Yeah. Aficionado, you nailed yeah, it. Yeah, all right, man. I got to start working my English here, right? Ross Berman, man. Thank you, Tama. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. How, how are you doing? How's your weekend been? Oh, man, dude. Uh, let's see. We started off really well at the beginning, at the middle, and at the end. Yeah, it was a great weekend. Nice. Yeah, especially uh, this past weekend being May 3rd, Bullet mm-hmm. Club Day. going to say, you know, it was we, very, very special ooh. anniversary for you. Oh, man, we had a blast. We went over the grandparents, had the kids playing in the pool. We drank a whole lot of Coronas. <laughs> Premier. Yeah, it was nice, man. It was good. Good day of celebration. Good day. All, 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 good weekend all together. But uh, everyone, welcome to Thomas Island Podcast. Thank you again for joining us. And in honor of dropping the first episode here on Thomas Island with... Bullet Club 7th year anniversary. We are working together with Lapel Yeah to bring you amazing Tama Island merchandise and Tama Tonga 7th year edition t-shirt. Now, we've included this and this is only limited time. We're releasing this out to the public. It's a poster, copper poster signed by me. Limited only, 25. That's it. Once it's gone, it's gone forever. We will not bring that back out. 
Right, Ross? Talk to me here, Daddy. Damn right. You're just going to be a limited edition shirt. We got a limited edition shirt. We got a limited edition poster. Go over to Lapel Yeah. You're going to be able to get all of it, but you got to go now or else you're not going to be able to. It's, it's now or never, baby. Beautiful. Now or never. Now, later on this show, we will be releasing the interview that Ross and I uh, had with Carl Anderson this past weekend for you non-subscribers. Now, if you're a patreon.com backslash Thomas Island subscriber already, then you have early access and have already listened to it, right, Ross? That's right, Tama. If you've been subscribing to Thomas Patreon, then you have already heard the interview that me and Tama did with Carl Anderson about the formation of Bullet Club back in 2013. And also, you may have even discussed it with us on Tama's Happy Hours. That's also one of the perks of being a subscriber to the Patreon uh, over Mm -hmm. at patreon.com slash Thomas Island. Now, if you want to join us on these Fridays uh, happy hour, go ahead, go to Thomas Island. Doc, or I'm sorry, not Thomas Island. Go to patreon.com backslash Thomas Island and subscribe. Join us on these happy hours, on these Monday uh, deep dives with Ross, with our guests. Have fun. Rate, review, and subscribe. Hit that subscribe button. All right. Help us make this better, bigger, more entertaining for you all, for you fans. I, I love what we're doing here. We like to um, give out information and all that we can uh, hear for you fans to, inter- to entertain. I'm here to entertain. Are you not entertained? <laughs> we're, here keep it, we're here to keep you laughing. We're putting smiles on faces. Smiles on people's faces, you know, especially right now uh, with, uh, with, with what's going on in the world. It's crazy, huh? But yeah. I, I, think, I think we're kind of coming out maybe, you know, alleviating yeah. things are a little bit alleviating. What do you think, Ross? I mean, it's, it seems to be people are starting to get on board with the whole social distancing thing. I'm up here in Chicago and my neighborhood, you're finally starting to see people who were maybe a little hesitant before breaking out the masks. They're keeping their distance uh, mm-hmm. when, when we're all walking our dogs. It's a very dog filled neighborhood. So everyone's, everyone's got to take the pooches out, but make sure to Make sure to stay six feet apart. So it's been it's been mm. it's been slowly but surely acclimating here. How's it how's it down in your area? How's everyone handling it? Uh, so far so good. I think I would think. Um, it's I'm stuck in my house all day long. You know, I, I have two kids and my wife. We just hang out the house, mm. and this is where uh, <laughs> I really call this Thomas Island because I feel like I'm on an island and just away from everybody. But I think everything is going getting better especially out at uh like stores and restaurants i i think florida just opened up today for restaurants to they can have a maximum of 25 percent okay yeah you know with uh capacity so we'll see man i think we're we're getting out there we're 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 testing the waters getting feeling the water see if it's cold hot warm figuring it out you know one step at a time Slow and steady, exactly. One step at a time. We'll all we'll all get through this. Uh, how do you now? We're obviously being affected. You're saying you're staying at home. You're mm-hmm. stuck on the island because New Japan's not doing anything right now. New mm-hmm. Japan has shut down all events uh, for all of April. All it seems May is is also off the books now. How do you feel? Uh, how do you feel? New Japan has been handling the the sort of new normal that we're dealing with right now. Oh, uh, you know, I just did an uh, interview with. Sports Illustrated here, and and I was giving props to New Japan, but just very proud of how they've handled everything. Um, 
you know, I'm here in America and I'm seeing what's happening here with companies, wrestling companies in particular, mm -hmm. and how they're handling it. And my thought is, no, thank you. <laughs> you know, so I, yeah. I, I'm very proud of how New Japan has handled everything. And everyone can check that out. Go check out Sports Illustrated. I talk about it. And it's, uh, it's just props to New Japan, man. I think they yeah. did it the right way. And um, they're holding on to us and not firing anybody. So I'm, I'm happy about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, shout out to Justin Brasso over at yeah. Illustrated for that there you, interview. There you yeah, I mean, it seems that... Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The, 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 it's not just New Japan. The entire Japanese wrestling community is kind of coming together as a whole to, kind of, to seemingly take care of each other. We saw Tanahashi, obviously the ace of New Japan, sort of representing New Japan and saying that these smaller companies are going are need to uh, need to be focused on first while New Japan, like you said, is still mm -hmm. paying people, still keeping the doors open. How did, how did it feel to see, uh, see Tanahashi kind of taking New Japan's banner and saying, uh, look, we need, to, we need to look after the, the smaller Japanese promotions first. No surprise yeah. on, my, on my behalf. No, that just on a thing? That just, that that's, that's, you know, uh, I think he's been the man, uh, the ace of the century, it, mm -hmm. uh, rightfully fits him. And uh, he's been our, our front man, our leader, and, and I think um, all action, man, all action, and, and it's been uh, uh, waypoint north for us, everybody behind him. So to see that and to see him stick up for the other small independent promotions, has been really uh, motivating and and just proud of, mm. of where you where I work at. So, and I think America should uh, check it out for check it out. <laughs> I was gonna use something else, but I was like, uh, no, just see, just you know, yeah. go and see, realize or see what New Japan is about, and I think they could learn something from that. I, I agree because I mean, you're seeing promotions like Ring of Honor is still taking care of people. Impact is mm -hmm. still taking care of people. AEW is is running shows. Uh, WWE is not only running shows; they have a a show this weekend. Now, before we before we talk about WWE's handling of uh, the coronavirus uh, mm -hmm. situation, I do want to remind everyone that we're going to have Carl Anderson later uh, talking with the uh, the Happy Hour crew. Mm -hmm. We'll be talking with you and me, and we're going to get some. Uh, we're going to get some, some thoughts from the fans about that interview. But before we get to that interview, Tama, have you heard about what WWE is doing for this year's Money in the Bank pay-per-view? Oh, I don't, I don't keep up with them, man. That's your job. I want you I, to keep up with them and tell me what's going on with them. Well, I, I am going to tell you. I need to, get, I need to, I need to find my, my base first. So you, but you know about the Money in the Bank ladder match, right? You get eight, yeah. eight people in the ring. Right. You got a briefcase above the ring. Mm -hmm. Winner gets a, a title shot at, at their choosing. Now, obviously, with eight people in a ring, you're gonna, there, there's obviously some social distancing issues that they're going to have. So they've decided this year they're going to move money in the bank. It's not going to take place in Orlando at the Performance Center where all of the, uh, all of the matches have been taking place over the course of this situation. They are going to be holding it 
at WWE corporate headquarters in Stamford, Connecticut. And it's not going to be any sort of Money in the Bank match. What's going to happen is the men's Money in the Bank match and the women's Money in the Bank match are going to happen at the same time. All, I believe, 16 competitors are going to start at the ground floor of WWE headquarters. They must fight all the way to the roof of the building. And on the roof of the building is a ring. Above that ring are two briefcases. And they're the entire, uh, I guess, tagline for it is they're making them climb the corporate ladder after mass firings being deemed essential workers. And uh, the tagline is, the risk is worth the reward. What, do you, what is your uh, first reaction to this climb the corporate ladder money in the bank ladder man? Oh boy, where do I, oh where do I start? Wow, <laughs> wow, that's 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 very interesting. Um, well, you know, I, I've got to give him. They're getting creative. It is. It's creative. If nothing else, I should yeah. I should also mention it's not going to. You're not going to watch the match all at once. What they're going to do is they're going to be continually checking in with the Money in the Bank ladder match throughout the show and just cutting to I, what I assume it's going to be like Rat Race or for some of our older listeners, like it's a mad, 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 mad world of just all of these, all of these people rushing, trying to, find, uh, trying to find the hidden treasure. Oh, wow. That's, it's pro wrestling, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is. It's, I... As 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 weird as 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 it sounds, I'm I'm de- there's part of me that has a morbid curiosity about watching watching people fight to the roof of a build. They're literally going to be fighting on the roof of WWE corporate headquarters. They had to bring in a crane to to airlift a crane onto onto the headquarters, despite the fact that Connecticut has a no construction uh, edict at, at the moment. Uh, it sounds like a, it sounds like a true WWE event. <laughs> Hmm. Oh boy. That's a, that's, I don't, I don't even, I don't even know where to start. I, I'm, I'm, so this is the first time I've heard of it and I, I don't know where I, I, I what I think right now is interesting. It's creative and there's a lot so there. How does that, so has Connecticut opened mm-hmm. up? No, no, no. Connecticut has not opened up and there is, there is some talk that this may this may have almost been shut down a couple times. We're not. There's nothing. I, I can't confirm that, but it's it's definitely uh, it's definitely it's definitely legal-ish. Let's let's put it. It's in a gray area, I think, because WWE has been deemed an essential business, and so for the state of Florida, though, for the state of Florida. But then I gotta believe connect. Like if if the McMahons are that connected in Florida, I gotta believe they have some connection. Ooh, huh? They've been there for. Or Man, really have that money. You get, you've got that money. I mean, I, hey, the no rules on, apply to you, huh? Vince is on that panel that uh, the president put together of, of business leaders that are going to try and help reopen the country. So, I mean, he, I, I would imagine he's got some sway. <laughs> As, uh, oh man, oh that's what do you think of that? What do you think of of, of uh, before we even get onto that? I don't even want to jump. That that would. If I yeah. ask you, what do you think of Bush? I mean, uh, Bush, <laughs> might as well. I well, mean, uh, Donald Trump putting these business guys on a, on a panel, but that's for another time. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's an hour. <laughs> <laughs> at least. <laughs> so, I, I mean, okay. So, they're still going to battle. What's the difference? I'm trying to put this image in my head. What's the difference between... 
between like, this this and a normal Money in the Bank ladder match? Yeah, yeah. I mean, first of all, the fact that they're fighting through an, a building. They're fighting right. through offices. But, but what's... Um, oh, well, yeah, that's... Besides and then that, both, both women's and men's matches are going on at the same time. Um, and so, okay. it, like, because usually with Money in the Bank, it's the, you watch the match, mm-hmm. it's 20 minutes of people building, like, a ladder castle out of the various ladders, and then someone yeah. finally uh, climbs it. But this time around, they're, A, they have... I, I don't know how you enforce social distancing when you have 16 people that are literally right. fighting for a briefcase. I don't, I, cause like even, even on the, the live shows, they've been doing six man tags. They've, they've been keeping the numbers in the ring relatively low. I mean, it's not, yeah. not perfect, but it's not 16 people fighting through a building. Um, yeah, I, I'm trying I, to, I'm like, so what's the, so if it was, okay. So obviously it would be eight girls, eight guys, right? Yep. And the split. So, but they're going at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like, is there like, are they all count, going up the same way? Is there like one going up the, the emergency exit, the other one going up to the elevator, that's, the other one going out the... That's what it sounds, it sounds like they're going to start the show and all 16 people are going to like rush like it's supermarket sweep into mm-hmm. the WWE headquarters. And then they'll probably cut back to Money in the Bank, show some some regular matches that don't do the ladder match. And then Tom Phillips will come up and be like, all right, let's head back to Stanford, Connecticut. And you'll see like, I don't, let's see, you'll probably see like Rey Mysterio and King Corbin fighting their way through cater- like through like the snack room or something. And so they'll, I, I got to believe it's just going to be different locations in WWE, probably someone fighting in Vince's office. Maybe they'll use that dinosaur skull. From my, from my perspective, from a wrestler, I think that might be fun, to be yeah. honest with you. I think that's, that's less risk. Wait, 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 hold on. Before I say that, once you get to the top, you'll have the ladders. Yes, you, you've got ladders. Oh, shit. You've got ladders in a ring on top of a building. Okay. But there is like a there's like a fence of like trees that they have on top of the building too. So you don't really it doesn't look like there's gonna be too much worry about people falling off. Falling off, huh? Okay. Yeah. All right. So oh boy. So it seems like the it'll be less risk of injury for the talent going mm-hmm. up to the building. I'd yep. stop at the catering and probably take a break, eat while everybody else is and then take go all the way up. That seems easy. Yeah. I, okay. Now I'm saying that, of course. You know, <laughs> you're saying that now. I gotta. Yeah. Believe, I mean, it's WWE headquarters. I gotta believe it's like the Winchester Mansion, where there's like hallways that lead nowhere and fake doors and stuff just to throw people off. <laughs> and then you get to the top, and then the ring is on top of the building, yep. and then the real ladder match begins. Yes. So it's like the match beyond or something. Like oh, oh boy, that's interesting. Oh wow. Okay. I mean, it's creative. I've it's creative they totally took that one out to left field but I, that's that's where i'm at of like sort of i i still can't get over how creative it is to like yeah. even start to imagine what this is going to look like mm-hmm. like I, I, we all have ideas but when right. wwe goes comedy like this we don't know where we don't know where it could go i mean we saw the boneyard match we saw the firefly funhouse match where yeah. what do they have planned for their own headquarters uh-huh interesting okay i think so now hearing you say that about the uh, Boneyard mar- uh, match and the Firefly match, do you think that wrestling were starting to move that way, this kind of style? At least not wrestling as a whole, but this company. WWE, yes. Well, and I, I, I have come from the, the mindset WWE has always been a comedy. Right. Like, okay. in, like when you look at, especially the eighties, they are just a parody of, of rest, a love. I mean, in mm-hmm. some ways a loving parody, but it, it's, it's parody. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's McMahon and Heenan 
doing Johnny Carson and Ed McMahon while they show some matches from time to time. And it, it's WWE True. at its usually at its best is funny, in my opinion. Um, Got and you. I, like, and it, I, I, I think comedy is a, I, I came to Chicago to study comedy. I respect the hell out of comedy. So I don't see, I don't see comedy wrestling as like less, I, it's all wrestling to me. Um, it's wrestling. But, all right. Yeah. And what is wrestling? You decide. And my first guest here on Thomas Island, he is the four-time IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Champion, the two-time WWE Raw Tag Team Champion, Pro Wrestling Noah's GHC Tag Team Champion, three-time winner of the New Japan's Top Tag Team Tournament, the G1 World Tag League. Won the WWE Tag Team World Cup. He is one of my greatest friends, my brother from another mother, the greatest of brothers, Carl, the Machine Gun, Anderson. Hot damn, I'm glad your promo skills have gotten a little bit better. What's up, baby? (laughs) He was able able to get through that articulately, (laughs) professionally. Oh, baby. Hey, it's been five years, daddy. (laughs) Actually say what you wanted, unlike that time in Corican when you grabbed the (laughs) microphone and cut the worst promo in the history of all wrestling. Hey, baby, I'm in the record books. (laughs) I forgot about the... (laughs) Yeah, that's true. What did did Jado-san say? The the ultimate heater? What did he say? Oh, maybe me. 20 years, this business. Worst promo ever. Hey, how did we do it when we walked up to the to the to the ring, man? We got into God, the ring. Damn, Thomas, <laughs> Thomas snatched the micro the uh, the ring announcer's microphone. He started he started tapping into the microphone like this, going. <clears throat> I went, uh oh, oh shit! What's what's this motherfucker going on? Go ahead, probably go ahead, Thomas. Do, do what you said. Say what you did. <laughs> So before we even walk out there, I, you know, I, he I, was in one of those kind of moods. Tama has like he gets like in moods where like he's gonna fucking tell you what he wants to do and he's gonna do it that way and can't nobody talk to me out of it. <laughs> oh boy! And I, I I gave him a heads up. I gave you a heads up before we walked out to the ring. He said, "When I go out there, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna announce y'all." And I was like, "Nah, nah, 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 don't do that." <laughs> you and, and, and Tama looked at me and went, "I shouldn't have told you." I walked away. I was like, "Oh shit, maybe he's kidding." <laughs> anyway, he grabbed his microphone and cut a terrible promo. I couldn't oh, it believe was, it, man. It was the worst. It was, <laughs> it was the worst. It was <laughs> the worst. Hey, I forgot I was a GHC champion. Thank you for bringing that up. Oh, yeah, man. You know, I had to do a little homework on you first. Yeah, that's, <laughs> before that's nice you came to you. on here. Having to, Google, having to Google your boy. I think yeah, you beat me now, though, in IWGP Reigns, right? I, I have, man. I have. I, just, I, I like Thomas Island too. The name Tom Island is good too. Oh, you know, I'm I'm out there, bro. <laughs> All about my damn self. <laughs> hey, thanks for having me, baby. First guest, I'm fucking honored, brother. Okay, you gotta, yeah, you gotta, do, you, do you gotta edit me out? I'm happy to be able to cuss again because I feel finally back. Oh, hey, hey, this Thomas Island, man. You can do whatever the hell you want, bro. <laughs> <I'm> good. <laughs> you can do whatever the hell you want, bro. We can have some fucking fun then. Yeah, man. I missed you, man. Damn, it's it's been a minute, bro. You know, it's good to see you, man. We are about to have uh, some crazy things have happened in the world. I hope everybody can stay safe with this coronavirus. A lot of people are losing their jobs, and I feel yeah. bad for everybody. But I can promise one thing. When this motherfucking economy opens up 
and these wrestling arenas open back up worldwide. Fucking the Bullet Club and Tama and the Machine Gun and Fale and Gallows and whoever the fuck wants to jump on are going to have some fucking oh, we're gonna, fun. We're going to rock and roll, baby. I, you know, what I tell you before you left, man? what I tell you? All right? Go out there, do your damn thing, bro. Come right back, and we're going to rock and roll. We're going to pick up and rock and roll. Go out yeah. there, get a little more famous, come back. That's right. Make that money. Make a yeah. little money. Make uh -huh. a little dough. That's right. You no, know, we right. good, baby. Uh-huh. Hey, hey, Machine Gun, this is my co-host, Ross. Ross, this is Carl, the Machine Gun Anderson. He's going to be uh, with us here, Ross. And uh, Machine Gun, he's going to be popping off some questions. Just We're going to talk about, shoot, we're going to talk about Bullet Club. We're going to talk about you, me, a whole lot of me. Hey, what's up, baby? How's it Just going? Uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about May 3rd, 2012, Wrestling Don Taku, a very important night for, for, uh, for the both of you. I mean, we're gonna, I'm, I'm going to say it right off. We're probably going to start this off with some word association. When I say May 3rd, 2012, Wrestling Don Taku, what comes to both y'all's head? I would say it was actually May 3rd, 2013. 13. There oh, we two, go. <laughs> 2013. I am so sorry. I am no, it's so all right. sorry. It's all good. I, I, remember, I, I, just, I remember that clearly because 2012 was such a fucking monumental rocket, rocket to my ass year for the machine guns. So I got myself famous in 2012. <laughs> um, now, on May 3rd, 2013, uh, when the Bullet Club formed, we did, do I, do, did I realize it was going to be fucking as big as it was going to be? I, I, I would say, yeah, but. I don't think I realized it would get as big as it did or still is. Um, I knew I it mean, was going to be, I knew it was going to be good. But when I think about it right now, I think of, I think legendary. Oh yeah. Legendary. All right. Word. Yeah. I mean, and you're not wrong. It is still big. Today. It's right there. Right. Right. In big letters behind Tama on his, uh, on his background on zoom oh, here. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Um, you know, but Tama, I, when I when I say May third, twenty thirteen, there we go. I got it right this time. May third, twenty thirteen, wrestling Dontaku. What what's what's the word that pops up in your head, Tama? Legendary. I, now that you guys say it, it's just Ooh. you know it's legendary. We drank a lot of beers that night afterwards too. We, we had all these beers sitting around this table because we had a sponsor. We had about fifty beers around us, and so and I, I think it was me. But Tama was real, always really good about taking pictures, but. Mm -hmm. Somebody was like, "Yo, we gotta get a fucking picture of this right now. Oh, I got it's it. a it's a perfect picture, and we I got, got the it." Picture, man. I know me, exactly Fale. Mm -hmm. Yep, me, Fale, right. Tama, yeah. and 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 Fergie right. sitting there with Look. just beers all around us and throwing up a two sweet for the first, <laughs> you know, for the first time together. Uh huh. What what uh, what was the what was the brand that was sponsoring you at the time? If people want to have that Bullet Club celebratory beer. What brand are, are we talking here? I, at that time, it was almost always Asahi, man. Yeah, Asahi. Okay. And how is how is Bullet Club not a, not not have a beer yet? Oh. That's a very good question. That's a yeah. very Tama. That's a question for. I mean, you're pretty, you're pretty, you're pretty high up these days. Why doesn't Bullet Club have a beer? Hey, it, it's something that has been in the works, but we can't. You know, we're looking for for connections. You know, I think that's the the number one thing here is finding uh, somebody to brew us the right right beer so, for Bullet Club. You know. Sometimes, gotcha. sometimes weaseling through the Japanese office can be a little trying as well. <laughs> oh, <okay>. All right, <laughs> especially for guys in <laughs> trying to navigate the water, speaking English, and they're looking at you like you fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I uh, hey, do you remember when uh we came back? We came back after after we uh we Ferg uh, was announcing everybody. 
<laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Man, the four of us came back mm-hmm. uh for our first promo. We just beat up Tanahashi. Uh yep. we we gave each other the the uh, two, two sweet right there for the first time in Fukuoka, Japan. We come back to cut a promo. Ferg was Prince Prince Devitt was insistent. I no matter what, this was his click. This was his club, and he's gonna cut this promo. He's the leader, and ain't nobody else fucking talking. He made okay. sure of that. I find now I see why he's succeeding in WWE too. You gotta have that mentality. <laughs> but that's a whole different that's a whole different story. But he uh we came back and Ferg said, uh I and Prince Devitt. This is the machine gun no, Carl Anderson. Rock and roll. <laughs> this is bad luck Fale. This is Tama Tonga. And we are the bullet club. And Tama goes, I'm the bad boy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Fergie went, he's the bad boy. And we're the bullet club. <laughs> Tama, so cut his, Tama cut his ass off mid promo. It was great. It was great. I'm the leader, oh, oh, right? Carl, what was your reaction when Tama just grabbed the mic and starts interrupting the, the of all people, Devitt, the way he is? What, what what were you thinking? I honestly, I think if you can look back, there's about I, I had a, a Coors Light in my hand already, and I'd already had about I already drank about half of it. Oh, we're and it. I was just thinking about where we're going that that night. Oh God. Okay, so 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 it ultimately this moniker bad boy it's it starts as just you jumping yeah. in interrupting Prince Devitt Man. as he's announcing all of the members of Bullet Club. I mean that it's you gotta remember here today. It's, I, I was because like Tama was yeah Tama was still coming into his he was still coming into his own though like he had, yeah. you know only been wrestling for two or three years at that point right right yeah and I mean full time they had me I was in my barefoot at the beginning and then i was yeah. trying so hard to transition out of that you know i was like yeah. trying to put boots on it was the worst wrestling in, uh, without boots and so i went <laughs> hey I went. hey one one time tom had to wrestle barefoot in a, in a real and he always had to wrestle barefoot when he first started but it was in a real cold arena that's freaking winning oh, no. and he came back and he came back and he was shivering real bad afterwards and he went and grabbed a he went and grabbed a uh a water hose i said you okay Yoki, he just got finished wrestling right in front of human, in front of humans. He goes, mm-hmm. he goes, nah, dog. I think I got frostbite. I was like, I, I don't think you get frostbite. When you're jumping. I couldn't feel my toes, man. When you couldn't feel it, hey, first thing I think, my, I think he's going to have to cut off my toes, bro. <laughs> Did your feet go numb during the match? It was numb. It was so. It was numb, man. I, I then I learned from then. I was like, you know what? I used to fill up a bottle full of hot water. Oh yeah. I would take it with me to yep. the ring and I put it down at the apron. I would stand on it while I was watching before I get tagged in. Fuck that's some good shit. We need to, we need to do that again. He used to he used to do a thing where he jumped to the top rope and he he would he jumped to the top and clinch a little rope with his little two toes. Hey man. Okay. Tiger claws, bro. Uh, like a little, like a little pterodactyl. You were the original but, Tiger King. You were just oh, man, in there. I'm telling you, dude. I, I used to have hops, man. That's when I weighed about buck eighty. You know, I used to just okay. bring right to the top, man. Catch it with my little talons, bro, and then do a – I don't know. I don't even know what it was. Good <laughs> memories, man. Seven years ago now. Yeah. I used to spin. Let's, right. <laughs> so let's, let's, let's go back to, let's go back to, to 2013. Uh, how, yep. What is – how did you all feel sort of bef- like as, as, you find, as you hear that you and, uh, and uh, Devitt and <clears throat> Fale are going to be uh, sort of working together? How do you – I mean, what – 
what was your relationship like before then? And what, what, uh, how did it uh, feel knowing that y'all were going to finally be able to work together? You know, me and Ferg, me and Ferg were best friends in anyway. So we don't, he helped me get there and we spent a lot of time together in Los Angeles. And then we spent a lot of time together in Japan. Um, so I, I knew, I knew we would, I knew we would click. And then Tom and Fale had both come into the dojo as, um, you know, quote unquote, they call them young boys or, you know, uh, like do, do, dojo boys, do, do, dojo young like kids, rookies. Huh? Yeah. rookies yeah. And, uh, and we clicked right away cause we had to live together. We were st- living stuck together all the time. And like we were, I wasn't flying home, but every, you know, once every two months or something, S- same with Ferg, I think. So we were, we were together all the time when in, oh. and by that time, Tama had been walking me out to the ring mm-hmm. and, you know, I, I've been, we've been teaming together all the time. So by that, you know, hell we've been together for three years, every yeah, you know, three weeks out of every month for three straight years. So, yeah, they didn't. Anyway, I, I knew it'd be good. Yeah. Okay. okay. I knew. Yeah, I knew. Cool. I knew we'd be all right. <clears throat> we well, looked. Well, me oh. and Fale looked up to to uh, you know, in Japanese culture, you got senpais, and we adapted mm-hmm. that to our style. You know, our way of living because we just followed what they did. Uh, the Japanese okay. did, and you know, Prince David and Machine Gun were our senpais. So whatever they did, we were always under them and that's the kind of uh structure they have so it just you know whatever they said to do we did it you know we had okay. it, it was there were our uh was that mentors or was that yeah it'd be like a vet like veterans or mentors veterans. in america in japan yeah. the veteran guy kind of le- helps you teach you the way yeah but yeah i mean I, yeah so it, but it, I, and once we got and once we got they got under like you know basically under me and ferg was like kind of just under just kind of watching us work and wrestle and see what the shit that we did. Like they learned with it, with the quickness, you know? Oh, oh yeah. It's very it was cool. real. It was real easy because we were having fun outside mm-hmm. the ring. Yeah. And to bring that chemistry into the ring was even better. So I, I enjoyed, we were having a lot of fun. I think that's what made it, it work too. Cause our, we were all buddies. We we're all friends, mm-hmm. really good friends. So worked out. Yeah. It was like brothers for sure. Okay, nice brotherhood. And uh, so, like, when when May when May third comes around, and you find out that the the way this whole group is going to coalesce together is going to be on this this group attack on of all people, Hiroshi Tanahashi. What's what's going through your heads? How do you how do you, both of you feel about about Tanahashi? Not I mean, not only as a wrestler, but I mean, he is he's clearly a figurehead in New Japan. He's clearly someone who, you know, he's a uh, he's a brand ambassador. And so, what what do you feel? How do you feel about? Tanahashi before this and getting to getting to sort of unite this group over uh, uh, sort of getting one over on him. Yeah, Tanahashi's the he's the, he's legendary. He's the man there. We, everybody looks up to Tanahashi um, before you even get there. And then when you get there, and you and you see how over he is and how good he is, then you start learning uh, learning from him and watching his matches and seeing how how he controls a, uh, a Japanese crowd and in every single different city and what a superstar this guy is. Right. So I, and I had the opportunity to wrestle him a lot of times. I went there in 2008. So by that was five, five years there by then. And uh, I mean, just that year, me and Tana had a, had a heavyweight championship match in Hiroshima that I remember. And it was like fucking the main event that the crowd was insane. And I mean, this guy's, it, you can, words can't express how good he is or how and what what he means to that culture, but to be able to beat the fuck out of him and like lay him out and like his unselfishness too, like helps us. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, his unselfishness helped helped us get over a lot of the Japanese guy. Almost all of them had their unselfish truth, and that's kind of that's why New Japan Pro Wrestling is probably so successful. But the yeah. the, the unselfish nature of helping each other get over really helped the Bullet Club pr- progress in that first. I mean, still to this day, but for sure right away. Like Tana had no problem getting his ass kicked. Let's, let's yeah. slow that down. What do you mean by what do you mean by um, unselfish? What 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 do you feel exactly about that attack? Do you feel like Tanahashi really gave to you guys as as a group? I mean, what what do you yeah, how do you my, how do you, what what was about his the way he took the attack that you felt was unselfish? Man, he he just wrestled. A, we just him and I had just had a fifteen minute match anyway, yeah. so we'd you know he 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 and that was an unselfish match you let me like you know he's he's made he, he made me every time we wrestled instead of just take 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 like he'll give and give you oh, know, yeah. he'll give he'll give you stuff man it was, which i've learned over the last four years is a fucking fight with some people in different yeah, companies oh, is it? Is <laughs> so it? It, that's a whole different that's another different story but okay but with tanahashi is uh yeah he didn't care to let us to let four guys in yeah. that leave him laying in the middle of the ring when some people might want to you know get back up up and start fighting or this day like, Tom is a company man and he also trusted us and, and knew that we were going to take care of him oh yeah and he you know and he too, I think he took my finisher my finisher there we all beat the hell out of him and he just laid there while we did all our thing for who knows how long we were in there doing this you know mm-hmm. I see so, what you mean yeah, yeah. I, was just, I was green I was, I was really green and still mm-hmm. still learning a lot so at the time I didn't quite understand what he had done for us but looking back now I'm like man damn you know even then, when I was at the beginning, he was just such a, a figure at the top that I we I looked up to him. I always looked at him. I always adored him. <laughs> he was, I thought he was the greatest. You know, just the way he carried himself, how mm-hmm. he was. Um, you know, outside the ring, he's a great guy. He's a really kind dude and took care yeah. of him. Fale and I when we were young boys, and and took us out to eat and and really came in during our training to come in and help us and teach us during training and. That that speaks a lot. So, um, I I was always next. I was the young boy in Anderson's matches a lot, and especially yeah, because Tana. So I I mm-hmm. watched, and I could I was got I always got the first row seats to see mm-hmm. everything and hear the reaction, and it I was like, man, this is this is this is what I'm. That's what I want to do. I wanna I wanna create that energy you know that storytelling that pop everything it was it was great so i always looked up to him and to this day i still do mm-hmm. and a lot yep. of respect for the guy yeah same he, he's my friend now you know he's, he's my like we still we text and say ask how each other's doing and stuff like, like it, it went from what it went you know went from Mm-hmm. Me, me being way under him to coming up to having these big fucking matches with him, and uh, I'm always gonna look up to him and respect him. But like we're like legitimate buddies now, you know. That's I mean that's got that's, that's got to cool. feel amazing. You're you're friends with the ace. Um, yeah. One in a century, one in a century friends, one in a century friendship. Um, but no, but Tom, I'm gonna make you uh, I'm, I'm gonna make you put over Carl a little bit. What do you feel like you learned from Carl while you're 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 sitting there ringside watching him and Tanahashi have what he exactly what he said a very unselfish match where Tanahashi is just letting Carl beat the snot out of him I've seen that match it's a it's a fun time what what are you picking up from these two uh the biggest thing was timing I I, I remember uh machine gun telling me you know just after taking something 
to feed um, to the next mm -hmm. spot. And I, I hope I'm not breaking kayfabe here, but I think we already broke that a long time ago. You are. It's, it's yeah. your island. You Fuck can break it. what you yeah. want. You know, oh, that's right. That's my goddamn island. <laughs> but no, it was just it's timing, placement, uh, ring awareness. That, that was a lot. Just watching everybody uh, work so smoothly, um, especially him and, and the ace. So, uh, so to me, I, I, his style um, was the mm -hmm. American style, and and I I always think now uh, our Booker, he he put me under him, you know, to to learn. Now I understand it all together. Now you know, mm -hmm. I think back then I was just so like eager to move up quick, you know, just skyrocket. Come on, come on. When is my turn? When is my turn? Me, 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 me. <laughs> Type yeah, of idea. like exactly. most wrestlers, it yeah. takes a second. Yeah, mm. and, and it didn't quite grasp all of that until now. I'm like, man, when I started to do things, I was like, damn, I remember it. I know who taught me that. She didn't taught me that, you know, and, and things like that. And I, I, I got to make Carl do the same thing now because, Carl, you're you, – like, like Thomas said, you're kind of the, the, the senpai for him for it, when he's in the dojo, and now, now you've kind of taken him under his wing for, for most of 2013 as you all ride into Bullet Club. What did you, what did you see in Tama? What did you – when and you're just seeing him eat, whether he's just raw marble or as he's starting to sh take shape, what did you really sort of notice first about, about Tama? Well, you know, because I remember telling him after a couple matches, just the way he sold your punches and the way he took snap bumps. I was like, man, he's a natural, but he just didn't know what he was doing yet because he hadn't done it very long. And like he, by the time he got to the dojo, though, like he knew he was going to work hard. He was always always working hard in the gym, always listening to us. And when I say listening to us, sometimes he didn't always take in everything you wanted. To, he didn't always want to hear everything, but he'd always put it on the back burner and then use it when it started to come out. And that's kind of what it is if when you're young and you're coming up. You fucking think you know everything. So when you're hearing stuff from people, even now people talk to me and I, and I think sometimes even this last run with WWE, people would tell me things and I'm like, fuck, I don't, the fuck's he talking about? And then a couple of weeks later or another month later, I'm like, oh, fuck, I, I, now I'm starting to understand that now because it's a different kind of style with the TV mm -hmm. wrestling. And it's the same thing. It's, maybe I would tell Thomas something that I had learned from Tanahashi or Shinsuke or whatever. And I would maybe tell Tom of that, and Tom might be like, you know, maybe not really let it comprehend until all of a sudden he'd see the situation and be like, oh, shit, that is right, man. And then so once Tom all put it all together, fuck, he's the total package. You can see it now. He's basically the, you know, he's the spokesperson of the Bullet Club, which I think I was for a while, too. There's always been these leaders, leaders, leaders. This guy was leader. That guy was the leader. But, like, who was the fucking loudest, you know? That's what I look at. Okay, yeah. And Guys and like so me and Tom. <laughs> I was gonna say he, he he doesn't seem like the apple fell far from the tree on that one. Um, yeah. so like let's let's talk about you you've beaten up Tanahashi, you've done you, you've cut a promo in the ring, you've gone backstage. Devitt has uh, introduced everyone to the Bullet Club. Tama has christened himself the Bad Boy. What what is going through your mind in that first like month of Bullet Club sort of taking shape as it's starting to. Uh, as, as it's starting to become something, did you, did you know that you had this thing that it eventually became on your hands or did, were you just kind of treating it as business as usual and seeing where it goes? I think honestly, like for me, I, I think it was, <clears throat> we were going to push it as hard as we, as, as we could. I, I, I do think it was business as usual, except for the fact that we were going to push the, push the hell out of bullet club and like, like it was bullet club or, or die because we believed in it. Cause we thought it was, 
Because, you know, that you can say the too sweet thing is like you can say that it's played out now. You can, I mean, I'm just saying, I've, I've heard, I hear all the things. You can say it's been used a lot or it's been overused or whatever, but people weren't talking about that until we finally did it again. Like it was a forgotten entity and we brought it up. And like now, like every single wrestling company mm-hmm. in the world, people are doing that and people are wearing bullet club shirts all over the entire world just because of the shit that we were doing and got and picked up so much steam. Mm -hmm. um the first year was fun um but i think we really broke into uh like mainstream ish would have been like when 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 prince devin ended up leaving and and aj styles came in and i think that we had picked up so much steam at that point we had the young bucks who had brought in Mm -hmm. the young the young bucks had brought in the ring of honor fans and they had a huge they have, have a huge following Big uh, Gallows had just came in. He had his own following from his his days, and like I think he was able to just come right in and fit in immediately. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then AJ comes in and brings his guys. It brings his his AJ ness, and then fuck. Then I think that's that's when it went to the to the limit. But that that's 2014. I want to talk yeah. about 2013. I want to talk about before it actually became the mainstream thing. When you guys are, yeah. as you said, you're doing it business as usual. <laughs> but was there? Because it, it does feel like Bullet Club has hit after hit after hit. But yeah. was there anything that didn't that was like pitched that didn't work? Anything that anything from Bullet Club in the early days that maybe got like left uh on the floor? I mean, like where did the name come from even? You could say one thing that like like it was Prince Devitt shows Bullet Club, but and it okay. was a perfect name. You could say okay. that like Jeff Jarrett and Scott Demore joining wasn't wasn't a good thing. Okay. But I'm like that's how hot we that's were. Awesome. That's how hot we were. We went right. we got through it. Yeah, but, but that's, the thing, that's the thing. You're talking about things that happen. I want to know about the things that led to the things that happened. Like, but was Bullet Club always Bullet Club? Did you know? Yeah. Michigan, did you know that Bullet Brigade was a thought? Bullet Brigade? Yeah. Do you remember Bullet, that? Bullet Brigade. Do you remember that? No. See, I thought that we were going to be the, the Bullet Brigade boys. You know, Gato actually wanted <laughs> to call us the real the real the real r e e l or r e a l r e a l cuz we used to always okay. in our cuz we used to always in our promos for we're real shooters but making real fun shooters. of okay. making fun of hatori gotcha <laughs> i guess we almost became the real but then prince fergie ended up saying the bullet club and that actually stuck but i, I hate to hammer prince, on bullet brigade though but prince, prince first david bullet brigade but, prince okay david came, came to me i don't know first but i remember he came to me with bullet brigade okay and I was like, I, I didn't know any better. I was like, hey, whatever, you know? Yeah. And then uh, I think he went to Folly, and Folly didn't like that. And he was like, I, it just sounds whatever. Weird. And then weird. And in New Zealand, clubs are like, you know, rugby clubs and all yeah. that is, is a thing. So I, I, from my understanding, Folly was the one who, who thought up of club. And then Bullet Club, then Prince David put all that together. Bullet Club became the name. But... <laughs> Um, but, but it was originally bullet, bullet brigade it was, it was it, there was a, a, a fraction of time where it was almost bullet brigade and i, I think uh carl you you said there was a fraction of time someone was gonna be bullet brigade boys what who was gonna be the bullet brigade i think boys? me and gallows were almost gonna okay. be the bullet brigade boys or something like that wow, but we so were almost it, we were almost the real okay <laughs> i forgot about the that real is fast yeah because so that was that was you said that was gato's idea he was the one that, that the, was that was gato's idea real. because we used to always finish our promos mm-hmm. like that okay Wow, so it could have been the real, it could have been Bullet Brigade, and it ended up Bullet Club. That's that's awesome. Yep. When did you start realizing the t-shirts were 
the people were into the logo, the people were into the, um, the, the, the club in general. I mean, cause hey, I know, I know the, I the Bullet Club logo that's in the back there. It wasn't always the same logo, but clearly, clearly the merch and the, the faction itself resonated with people. So what, when did you start to realize that the merch was, was gonna, gonna be a thing? Well, it's when that first one came out. Yeah. Well, not the first one. The first one was all right. Remember no, the skeleton it? one. Yeah. The skeleton. That's the second design. Yeah, the second design. Yeah, the first okay. design was all right. It was like Bullet Club and had a had a bullet behind it, you know, yeah. across. And it was it was like meh. But the second one, when when the skull thing came out, we all realized it was it was huge. It was that so shit big blew that up. I, you know, yeah, I, I, you know, nobody was making the merch. Nobody, not even New Japan, <laughs> they weren't like pushing it. Yeah. So, you know, at, at the time, Gallows was uh, teaching us all of us he, yeah. all of us how how to how what kind of what he was doing in the indies to make money so i was like i'm gonna take it a step further <laughs> i'm gonna put this shit online <laughs> but i didn't have a website i didn't have nothing you know uh -huh. so so i went and i had these all these shirts printed the bootleg bullet club shirts printed and i went to uh my best friend's baseball website and we put it up on that <laughs> I just oh, made just stacking cash. It was oh man! You like, had bootleg Bullet Club shirts up on up on a baseball site. <laughs> on a baseball oh, I assume site. was this while you were in Japan? Are you home in Florida? Where are you bootlegging? I, I was I was I was home in Florida. My 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 friend's uh, baseball site was you go pro baseball, and uh, we put it up on his site. And within two days, uh, we had hundreds of orders, hundreds. Wow! And, yeah, and it blew up quick. I mean, real quick that. New Japan took notice, and all the boys took notice. <laughs> yeah. how, did that, how did that go over, Carl? How did how did everyone feel when you found out? That I was just like, we, I think we was like, I think Tom was bootlegging fucking Bullet Club shirts. <laughs> so we took we so we took Tom in a Bullet Club court for a second, which is nothing. Just made him come on, man. You can't be doing that shit. So, so you had to so, apologize. Yeah. So it was was it you, Carl, that took that took Tom to court that made everyone? Or is it just Bullet Club that is is court martialing? Yes. Uh, Tom just just bull, okay. Bullet Bullet Club court martialed him. Okay. It was in a very in a very funny way. Uh, okay. I think it might even be on YouTube. Still yeah, it's, somewhere. it's still on YouTube. I put, oh. I put it up, man. I you know I I still laugh at it today because I I think that's that's got to be in the history books, man. I mean, I said you said you said did you sell Haku of a uh, a bullet, uh, a fake bullet club shirt. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> well, I mean, are you are you gonna try and get a, a bullet club T-shirt back from Haku? Is anyone Hell. gonna try and get? Oh, no, it's Hell a nah, safe sale. Let's face it. That's a, <laughs> that, that shirt's not coming back. And once we all once we all took bullet club shirts to whatever indie shows we felt like doing, but man, we were so busy we didn't feel like doing in, indie shows when we came oh, home because we were no. gone so much, man. Yeah. We, we come home for like what 10 days maybe yeah and you jet lag for for six or seven of them yeah um back to japan for like a month or two and yeah come back for 10 days again it was it was crazy nobody wanted to do any indie shows any work in between then so yeah that but that skull shirt when we we started seeing it pop up on raw and like smackdown and fucking tna and ring of honor you see everybody wearing it. it's like whoa you see it on i mean every time you put on smackdown like somebody i remember that happened. wrestlemania 2004 what 14 yeah WrestleMania was all over the place so much that our our president uh came back and he was just because he went to it he yeah was stunned he came and told us man 
it was, I mean, all the boys, all our friends from over there were texting us, hey, there's Bullet Club shirts everywhere, just drowning any cut the shirt out there. So Yeah. When they finally put it on Pro Wrestling Tees, it shut the site down after like an hour because it was too much, yeah. too much traffic. Traffic, yeah. Sold that, a lot. That's Crazy. amazing. It, Explain explains why Tom bootlegged him. I mean, that's yeah, a value. Hey, yeah, he was he was right. Money, man. Well, to be fair, you, you know who you know who else uh, and went from being a bootlegger to running just the entire operation that he was bootlegging from. <laughs> Joe Kennedy. That's what that's what Tom is. Has, that's what the story leads me to believe. Tom is Joe Kennedy. He went from bootlegging to being at the point where. Let's face it. He runs some. He runs some shit right now. Now, now he runs the whole place. <laughs> that, that is. I mean, it's New Japan Pro Wrestling. But that's the most American story I've ever heard. I mean, that's amazing. <laughs> it's fucking. Yep. Oh. Bullet Club at its finest. Oh man, it's just the beginning, baby. It's just the beginning. It really is now. Yeah. <laughs> oh. yeah. So. I'm trying. Uh, so we're we're back in that in that first month and what i don't really to be honest i uh, the yeah. first month is I, i'm it's not saying i don't like remember it yeah no that's fine it feels that's like a blur, blur but like yeah. i mean i remember uh so that would have been in may and then june mm-hmm. prince prince Devitt like ran the whole he beat everybody went like 10 and 0 in the super juniors and won yeah. the won the chant won that uh won the super junior cup Mm-hmm. Then he had a then he had a title match with Tanahashi in Osaka, which was a big deal because he was main eventing, uh, going for the heavyweight championship as mm-hmm. a junior. And over the over there, trying to step up from a junior to a heavyweight was is is a is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so I knew that like we were getting a, like the Bullet Club was getting a big push, but you know it was, it was you know Prince Devitt. It was. It, and it, it was a big Prince Devitt, you know. Mm-hmm. And you're and you're saying it's good. Like, it really took that year for it all to kind of coalesce for it to all to yeah form yeah. into into what it is uh that's i mean that's it's history now i mean no one's it is yeah there are very few factions that have lasted as long as bullet club i mean there are very few just organizations that have lasted as long as bullet club companies whatever what have you i don't Text know if and i don't know if anybody can remember when that shirt actually came out that that the bone shirt the second shirt if that if you can figure that one out that's when we realized we fucking hit big hit it big yeah that that would have been about late late 2013 yeah late okay uh, that picture i saw i sold i made the bootleg in january and i and i sold that uh 3xl to my dad <laughs> okay it was it's, and it's that 3xl <laughs> that sort of sends the whole oh, thing yeah. like did you, did you just sell your dad the 3xxl or did you sell your dad the 3xxl and then make him take a picture and be yeah. like look Haku's with bullet glove oh, I said, oh yeah i said pop man we're about to we're about to make it big and mm-hmm. you know, my pop was real supportive so we took this picture man and uh and I put it up on my social media as me and him. There's a white background and and both in the, in a bootleg uh, bullet club shirt. And New Japan loved it. Hattori hit me up after I put up my social media. He goes, "Hey, good man." And he took he took it. And New Japan took it, not realizing that it was a bootleg shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and they put it out on their on their social media on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, fuck, that was great. It's a lot of memories. Long time ago. Long, yeah, I mean, it's we're at what uh, it, when this when this when you the listeners uh, not to not to break the fourth wall too much when you the listeners listen to this it will be exactly I believe seven yep. years to the day it'll be just, May 3rd. just around there yeah. um, and it's I mean it's history I, and 
because Carl, I don't, I don't know when I'm going to talk to you again. Carl, I mean, Tom will obviously be talking to you tons, but I don't know when I'm going to yeah. talk to you. But I got to know what do you, what, if you had the perfect idea of what's ahead for bullet club, what, what do you want to see personally from, from bullet club in 2020, 2021, 2022 beyond? Yeah. I, I, I can't imagine anybody doing much in 2020, uh, anywhere. Yeah. Fair. I, yeah. uh, I do. I, 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 there's a huge, there's a story for, for the bullet club. Uh, I think 2021 there's, there should be a, a really, really, really big story told. Um, cause you know, we left when we left, we left, uh, you know, we're still friends with Tama and Fale, um, Ujiro, still my boy. Um, Chase Owens is still in the bullet club. He was there when I was there. Um, Tama's brother is, he's family. So he's just like a, an original to me anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, a little brother, obviously family. Uh, Jay white was a kid that, you know, he would do my laundry on the road. Like he's somebody who would, he would somebody who would, who I, I would take out and take, take to dinner or take buy sushi or buy beers for. Cause he was like, he was always under us, a young boy, but a good one, a really good young boy. Mm-hmm. And now he's a superstar. There's a, there's a, there's a big story that can be told. I, it, and I out. can promise you something's going to happen. Yeah. Ooh. So all right. Many. So we're definitely, we're going to see, yeah. we're going to see more from, from uh, the original okay. Bullet Brigade boys. The Bullet Brigade oh, yeah. boys will at some point. The Bullet Brigade. Tell that story. The Bullet Brigade boys are going to, are going to come back over there again, somewhere, somehow, some way. Yeah, man. It's real interesting. And I think you can take this any kind of, any kind of way, whichever way you look at it, whether you look at New Japan or, what do you look yeah. at the, the other the other companies there's we're i mean look at us everybody that's in bullet club has made it to the top of every of every company we we changed. yeah we we always said this that we were going to change the game and we literally did yeah every, everybody that's anybody in bullet club has made it to the top it still is at the top so yeah this can go anyway i think we can still continue to to uh evolve wrestling change everything to our uh to our liking really look i don't i don't want to i don't want to fracture a friendship here but let's let's be real if 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 carl anderson and luke gallows find their way into new japan do you come after gorillas of destiny because i mean you can't really touch the iwgp tag titles these days in in new japan without at some point having to go through tama and tonga i mean what had have you have have you guys been kind of mentally preparing yourselves for that? Them Tonga brothers crazy, bro. We don't attack them. Those guys are on those guys are on our sides at all times. No, okay. We, we we know who yeah. our, who our brothers are. We we stick to that through and through. That's what Bullet Club, man, for life. You know, so are y'all still the champions? No. Nah. No. Oh. Tana oh, is it it's right uh now. it's Tanahashi uh, and Nabushi. Nah. Tanahashi and Ibushi right now. Oh snap! That'd be a good that'd be a good match right there. Mm-hmm. Woo! Now we we just had a good one with them uh, in Cork and Hall right before this whole thing went down. Oh, those two boys yeah. can go. Oh, that'd be yeah. fun. That'd be a lot of fun. Oh yeah. Had you want you want you want a piece of the Golden Ace team, Carl? You oh, you, you starting to salivate I, now that you know that you can you can get both of those guys in the same ring? That will be fun, dude. Because Ibushi just is is just as good. Oh yeah. Oh man, he's awesome. Very talented. Very very talented. And you know Tokyo Dome, you know Tokyo Dome's coming up. Everybody's free, mm-hmm. and it's time too. There's a lot of in space our fucking in primes. Yeah, spark up. You can, yeah. 
Tama's doing his squats outside, Tama Island. Hey, man, I'm, pre- I'm preparing. I'm, I'm coming in. I'm ready to jump to that top rope again, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's got yeah. to get back in the bodybuilder shape. Yeah, he was in in 2013. I want to see that. That's honestly, I don't, I like, that's my favorite part of the attack between, with, on you. And when you, when you two attack Tanahashi, there is a point where Tama Tong is about to run in. He pulls off his shirt before he starts stomping on. Oh, uh, yeah, he was on, ripped. As solidarity, oh. well, not just because he was obviously very ripped, but solidarity with you and Carl, with you and uh, uh, Devitt. None of you were oh, wearing yeah. shirts, and so he was oh, like, yeah. "All right, shirts versus skins. This is going to yeah. be the thing." <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a good day. And Fukuoka is uh, <clears throat> is way down south in Japan. It's one of our favorite cities too, because we always yeah. we had friends down there that always took us out to eat. And, oh, it took care of us. Yeah, but yeah, it went. You know, that's a twelve or thirteen hour drive from Tokyo. Like, and we, I enjoy that city. I just hate What's that your- airport. <laughs> Fuck. What what's what is about the Fukuoka airport that just kind of telling you, man? Japan? Japan is really high tech, man. They're so high tech, but then sometimes they're just not. Like 2013 was when the, the Tokyo Dome Hotel finally had Wi-Fi. Like, put that together for oh, a second. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I get. It. The thing is, is that I get what you're saying. That, you know, they, they follow by the book. They don't yeah. bend the rules. Nothing. So there's no like give on anything. And when you're coming in from uh, hungover from the night before celebrating, Oof. right? You you have no patience for nothing, <laughs> and you just oh, like that guy over there. He he was ready to, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ready to blow to just throw his bags and go home without nothing, man. Yeah, but it was eight years straight every year in Fuku- in Fukuoka. <laughs> I was like, this fucking place sucks, <laughs> but it's a hangover every time. A hangover <laughs> for eight years every time. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, why it's not. It's not that it's actually a bad airport. It's actually my own doing, like most things. <laughs> it's just that it's too fun of a city for you to be able to handle the airport the next. I've I've definitely yeah, had was, a few of those. I mean, what it what <laughs> what's your biggest like? What's your favorite memory of Fukuoka, the city? I'm not talking wrestling memory. I'm just talking being a person in the city of Fukuoka. What's what was your favorite kind of time there? There's a um, there's a Gold's Gym that I can see right now with my like with my in my brain as I can see yeah. it. I can see us. I can see us all walking to the Gold's Gym together. Um, mm-hmm. You know, going to the Gold's Gym, then you have to go downstairs, get a sauna afterwards, come back up. You know, walk back to the hotel, and then that night go out with a guy named uh, Oda-san with a guy named Ichiro-san. I mean, they would always take us out and to these okay. little places, these little places to eat. And it's, I mean, I got memories with friends in every single city there, and like. Fukuoka is a Fukuoka is a fun one, man. So it, they're all fun because we're always surrounded with each other, and we always have fun everywhere we go, anyway. So, no, of course, but like there, it, it's like you said, there are, you can see the gold gym. There are not, it's you you can't see every gold gym you've been to, but that one, that one yeah. is your, it's Proustian. It's you know you remember it uh, very vividly. I mean, what about what about you, Tom? What do you like about about Fukuoka? What what oh, what right. is it that really stirs you in that city? Oh, they, they have the best noodles in all of Japan, you know, and Fale, Fale used to live there when he played in rugby. Okay. So, so he, uh, he kind of showed us all the spots. Yeah. So he's tied in then. Like he, oh, he yeah. knows. Oh, he knows. We go yeah. visit his, his old rugby college down there and, uh, you okay. know, he used to stay at a dojo and he even got, um, uh, a sponsor that he used to teach English to, um, mm-hmm. back before he was a pro wrestler that, that that sponsor would take us out and, and treat us. So, and then father showed us that noodle spot and that's, that's a ritual every time we go down there and <laughs> noodles. All right. What's the, what's uh, the name yeah. of the noodle spot? 
I have no clue. I just know where it oh. is. Isn't it, nah, isn't it? Isn't it the Shin Shin? S H I N S H I N. Didn't you love that one? Shin Shin. Okay. There you go. Yep. Yeah. Yep. There you go. That was fun too because Fale he played like you said played down there, but he had like an older an older couple that were probably in their seventies, yeah, maybe eighties, that would let us come over to his house and and he would cook us dinner and like they'd make us they'd give us like Japanese whiskey and homemade homemade it was cool you know, that's homemade it. oh Japanese yeah. moonshine yeah okay. that's the kind of fun that's the kind of fun things that oh, you don't yeah. get to experience often you're just doing you're doing yeah. it at somebody's house and yeah. down south of Japan with your with your boys it's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. that's that's amazing. Yeah, no, that sounds sounds like a, a a wonderful city. And I I hope I hope there's like three listeners. They're like, all right, I need to go to Fukuoka now, and we inspire. Like, because someday this all all this nonsense has to be over. Whether it's today, whether it's tomorrow, whether it's ten years from now, someday this all has to be over. And people are gonna want to go places. Maybe they'll want to go to Fukuoka. Maybe they'll want to go to Shinshin. Maybe they'll work I out at the Gold's Gym. We're inspiring tourism, the three of us right now. <laughs> I'm down. I can't wait to go to Fukuoka in 2021. I got a sneaky feeling we will. Oh Ooh. baby, oh baby. Ooh, is that Come a promise? Is that Come a promise, Carl? Is that a promise? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 2021 Fukuoka. I, mean, I don't know. I don't know if I'm gonna be. I don't know if I'm gonna be booked or if I'm flying by myself. But I'm gonna get there somehow. You get, you're getting all. Whether you're wrestling or not, you'll be in Fukuoka. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna get to Japan somehow. <laughs> okay. Definitely. But yeah, man. But hey, we've had some. We've had some good. Good time with so much more to go. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, man. I look with everything that's been happening with the news and everything. I'm I'm not gonna lie. It, it sucks, but you know me, brother. I, I've I've deep down inside, I'm like, oh baby, <laughs> oh baby, we about to we about Shit. to lock and load right now. Shit, I'm happy. I'm happy, bro. It's you know? happy. I've been in a long time. Yeah, I'm glad, man. I, I you know, yeah. shoot, like I, I get, you know. We you both feeling rested up? You feeling like relaxed and you pumped? Ready to go, baby. <laughs> You're ready. You're uh, all right. Especially it is time. That we're standing here, staying here at home and, uh, you know, <laughs> doing, <laughs> ready to pull out our hair, ready to get back to work, you know, so the, the ideas and everything is just. Mm -hmm. you, know, you know how Gallows is, Mr. Business, bro. He's man, fuck, 7 a.m. He sends me a text. Like, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> like, oh, shit. He just, he said, he's texting me right now. <laughs> he's still working i mean he, i mean he no he's not he just it's all day with him y'all know how oh, okay. he is he's a hustler he's a hustler man he, yeah oh he's he was I, he, I, yeah he's fucking fired up so he, he he's pumped it's a hey, i'm pumped up I'm, I'm ready to i'm ready to do some big shit this next couple of years oh i boy i'm ready yep. man definitely you know Sure. What do you feel is what do you feel is next for like you and just the brand between whether it's talking shop, whether it's uh, all of the uh, all, whether it's talking shop on MLW, which you and uh, uh, Gallows and Anderson host, or whether you and Gallows host, yeah. or whether it's um, just the, the the I don't want to call you the Bullet Brigade boys too much more, but that team. What how do you <laughs> what what do you feel like is next for for I mean, let's let's stick with talking shop. What's next for talking shop now that you've got this time to kind of bring it back into a, a more uh, you know <clears throat> talking shops is going to be a brand that we're going to push really 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 hard yeah because um, it started out as just it was just fun for us to get sit in a in a hotel room and then just turn our iphone on and say let's just talk about shit because we thought it was so cool that we were in japan so we just wanted people just to hear hear our experiences and then all of a sudden we had people that wanted to listen because it was so we we're just so maybe real or stupid or what it was but i think we just spoke 
I think all of us that were in there just speak how we feel. Mm-hmm. And, and we're not, and being, a, and I, I've always been a guy that doesn't walk on eggshells and I w- was never really scared to say anything. And so, and Gallows too, and Rocky too, and when Tommy would come in too, like it, mm-hmm. and I just think it's, I, I, I think there's a good chance for Talking Shop to do some really, really cool things. I've been on the phone every day, you okay. know, with, I've been in meetings all day long with, with what we're going to go with it. You know, it's going to, we're going to, it's going to do really, really cool things. Awesome. Where can people uh, be prepared, people? baby? Give our, At, give our listeners the full Iggy. Where can they hear you? Where can they? You can uh, go, Hey, look up talking shop, T A L K N S H O P talking shop on uh, every single podcast platform that you can possibly do it. Um, we hit number one in sports uh, for a couple of weeks and that might've been because we got fucking released and we, and, and, mm-hmm. and we were trending and people wanted yeah. to see why, but I don't care. We beat pardon the interruption. Ooh. And everybody else, so I'll take it. Hey, um, that's a that is a hard fought win. I mean, yeah, shit, yeah, it is. And it's at at Talking Shop T A L K N S H O P on Twitter. Um, you know, follow it, subscribe, like, listen, enjoy, and uh, we're gonna try and get some live shows going. And I want to get Tama in there, and I want Tama to be on the live. I mean, we're gonna take this thing all over the entire world. Oh. It's going to be a tour with a tour bus, baby. It's going to be like rock stars coming in. We're going to fucking headline MSG. Oh, man. I'll be ready for it, baby. I'll be there. That'll be a good time. That'll it's going to be fun. It's going to well, be fun. You, we're, just getting the, we're just getting the shit rolling right now, but it's going to be – it's going to end up being a lot of fun. That and, uh, is going to be a time. <laughs> well, dude, yeah. You no, know, machine gun. You know, we missed you, dog. You know, thank you. We appreciate it. I, I appreciate you coming on here and being my first, first guest here on Thomas Island podcast, man. Thank you. Hey, man, Love thank you bro. for, hey, thank you, baby. Anytime, anything for you, you know that. Thank you, bro. And let's, let's rock and roll, baby. All right. Oh, it's time. Watch the Bullet Club. This shit ain't done, baby. On uh, May 3rd, 2013, Ross. 2013. But he has some very good questions for us. And did you guys, you guys, did you guys ever take a look, a listen? Yeah, I yeah. To I, it earlier I, today. Yeah. Yeah, same. I listened to it just a couple of hours ago. Yeah. What What did you guys think? Was there any questions that you guys had about it? There was what 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 was some things that that you guys have already known or didn't know until then? Or is anything that you want to know till then that I can definitely, definitely do my best to tell you guys? Cool. Go on, Karen, you first. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> well, for me, like like Ray, I've only watched New Japan for the last couple of years. I started watching during the G One in twenty seventeen. And I believe that was the same year that Anderson and Gallows left New Japan and debuted in WWE. Uh-huh. So it, I missed their, honestly, I missed their entire time in New Japan. Uh-huh. So I'm still like, there's, if I, for me, I'd want to know if they, if there was two matches that they would want me to watch a singles match and a tag match, which two matches that would those be? Oh shit. That you would have to ask them. But if I could tell you, if I could tell you what you should you should check out, um, Carl the Machine Gun had a match with Tanahashi before that debut date. They've had matches before, and he's like, when I say talented like guy, he's fun to watch. Yeah, in Japan, he, like 
there was a reason why Gato put me under him. He was so fucking good. So fucking good. His style, his, his, he's very entertaining. He's, his timing is just, I really think that WWE fucked up by not like putting the spotlight on him because he's a mechanical guy and he, he, he's, he, man, he thinks, you know, and he, he had some killer matches with Okada. Like in 2012, uh, G1 Final 2012. If you guys go check that out, it was a banger. I, was, I stood on the side, I watched that. The one he had, I think he had some bangers with uh, Shinsuke. And, and I mean, go to New Japan site and look towards that 2011 and, and then 12, 13, his singles matches, especially during the G1. He, boy, can go, man. He can really go. So I, I, there isn't just two. It's I'm telling you the guys that he was, because they were all elevating at the same time from Nakamura yeah. to Tanahashi to, to Carl. And then Okada came in and he was this young stud that they were priming him to go. And so, mm. you know, a booker was just using these guys to launch each other. And it was freaking, I, me, I was just standing aside. I was still green. I'm like, damn, man. I, it gave me chills just standing right on the side in a post, like on my knee, like, Here's the here's the mat and I'm just like this. I was like, holy <laughs> shit! I was like, man, I'm I got nervous. I was like, man, I got I gotta reach this level. Holy shit, you know? And it it really like made made me like, okay, that's what it takes. You got you got okay. Holy cow! I'm nervous yeah. as hell. I'm so nervous. <laughs> I'm so nervous. Uh, I can't wait until this is over. So I give him a high five, man. Oh my god, you know. <laughs> but you know, uh, you know, being on the side and like. And, and being on the first to watch that and, and oh god he was so so good I mean he still is and, and I think he's at his prime now there was one thing I told him you know uh, before he left the WWE I said dude go WWE make that money get more famous experience their style and then come back bring it to us <laughs> and then I said, I said, I said, bring it back to us and teach us, and and, and then we can grow mm -hmm. from there. I'm, I'm very like, I don't, I, I always, my approach to everything, I always look at it as us. I don't, I'm, I'm competitive, but in a very positive way. I, I yeah. want, I always look at it, all of us go up. You know, it's not like, you know, a, a, a doggy dog world for me. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's a like, all right, let's all get, go up. You know, so. um and I, and I love him, you know, he's, he, he's been, you know, not just a, a wrestling mentor for me, uh, just life, you know, the way he's, I, I seen him with his kids. He's got four boys. Anyway, before I go even deep, this is what all oh, we're going to be talking about here in <laughs> another podcast here, but I'm letting you guys in, you guys are here. And I feel like this is very, like, it's cool, you know? So yeah, it's cool. Darren, I'm going to go ahead and let you go. Okay. Okay. Um, one thing that you guys kind of touched on, you guys talked about the original logo and, uh -huh. then, and then the Bone Soldier logo. Uh -huh. uh, what I didn't get from either one of those is who designed either one of those and who came up with kind of the premise behind both. The first one, we didn't know who designed it. We did, we, you know, somebody in office threw it at us. And we just kind of looked at it and we're like, eh, okay, whatever. We didn't give a fuck. It's like, all right, let's just go. The second one, the second one came about because we started pushing a military style, uh, our ideas, what we wore to the ring, the way Gallows, because Gallows used to paint his face and he, he only just do this, this black thing that came down. That's what you see in the skull is like missing right here. That's, that's from Gallows. Uh, the, the military, the whole guns thing is because I, 
I, I was, I came from the military. So I was like, man, let's push the military style. So like I would uh, paint gallo, uh, not gallows, um, machine guns face and had them wear military outfits during Wrestle Kingdom. And if you go back, you can see, you know, I kind of fucked up on one of them, but you know, it, it still looks kind of cool, <laughs> you know? So, but, uh, we were, that's, that was the idea is that we, they started to see what our aura was, what we, the ideas we were putting out in the ring. And that's how the second, you know, the second one came. The first one just kind of came because we, it's a new group. They didn't, the, the creative uh, graphics designer behind it, no, okay, the bullet club, okay, we'll just put a bullet, you know? And it looked like a big vibrator going on across. And then, and then, and then it said bullet club with some, you know, bullet holes around the vibrator. So, and, and I was like, all right, all right, that's all right, whatever, you know? So, but the second one, they were able to grasp, okay, you know, the image that they saw us, in our entrance, in our, in our, the gear that we were, we were wearing, that's how that all formed. So, um, but I still, this our a, a graphics designer and a creative in office is the one that did it, you know, after seeing us after a while. All right, uh, Sydney. Uh, so, um, the main thing I, I took away from it was, first of all, like, it, was, it felt like, it was similar but also different so like it really brought my attention like i was paying attention the whole time and i really like the the video that the the patreons get to see and stuff um but um the thing that i definitely took was um the the stuff about you uh doing bootleg merch um what um <laughs> what was the uh what was the reasoning as to why it, why you wanted why you wanted to start doing the bootleg merch and like like I know you mentioned like you you thought like okay well I need to make sure these sell I'm gonna put it on this baseball website of my friends but like what was what was your reasoning to uh like what did, what did you expect to happen and like what did you want to happen um it's a, it, uh so I'm a very like I see an image. I just wanted our group to make it to the top in the top of new Japan. I, I wanted us to like, not only just want, okay. So me as a wrestler, I want, I want to be the best. I want to be good at wrestling. I want to get to the top, whatever. But when I looked at bullet club, we were forming these four friends, right? We were so tight that I was like, man, I want all of us to make it. You know, I hope we all make it, you know, let's fucking, let's fucking do it. But like, everybody was on this mindset of like, we'll have the, the only move forward if the company moves forward. And I was in a mindset like, fuck the company. Ain't nobody going to push us forward if we don't push ourselves forward, you know? And, and I, I'm, I'm a very, I'm like that. I don't, I don't like being, uh, I don't like being uh, shit. I, I'm always pushing. I'm always pushing to like, if this is where I want to go, I'm going I'm to fucking get us there. I'm going to get there, you know? So, I, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to advertise. My thought was advertising. You know, I, I had read a book and, and it was like, advertising is like key to, to a successful part of a key or to, to a successful business. So I was like, why can't I do it to this? We have a cool ass freaking logo. It's a cool ass name. I was like, I'm cool. <laughs> so, you know, everybody else is cool. I was like, I said, we're in Japan. I, I was like, let's start putting this shit out on social media. And we, we did. Instagram was still kind of like not as big, but it was getting there. And I was like one of the first ones to sign on to Instagram out of the group. Nobody knew about it. 
but I, you know, and then I just got my, I was just getting my feet wet with Twitter. So I was just like post, posting pictures from Japan. I was like, man, what, what foreigner and what American is in Japan right now, you know, with sponsors paying for all their drinks to get fucked up all night. And I was like, this is not normal. This is not normal for anybody. I was like, I got to show this to the world. This is what you could be doing, <laughs> you know? So, 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 you know, that was all I was using. I was using that uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I was using the show. Yo, you guys see how you guys gotta see how cool it is out here. And we're cool. We're doing whatever we want. We and we really were. We really were doing whatever we want at the time. New Japan wasn't pushing us. They weren't pushing us as a. They were pushing Prince David, who's now Finn Balor. They were pushing him. But I was like, fuck that. I don't push the whole fucking group. You know, like it's the whole brand. It's everything about it is fucking cool. So that's what made me. I was like. Uh, so the merch wasn't really being like pushed to be sold in New Japan. It wasn't. And nobody in America knew about it. But like uh, Gallows had came in and Gallows does the independent scene. He does the independent mm -hmm. scene. And, and like, he's a hustler. Like, so he was making bootleg. I'm not the first bootleg. I learned from somebody. <laughs> All right. I learned from Gallows. Yeah. He, he, I learned from Gallows and I took, and I took that and I was like, I was like, why aren't you putting it on online? I was like, man, you can fucking kill it, you know? And, and I, now I know why, you know, because he was doing it under the table slide, and I was just like, fuck it. <laughs> and, I, and I put and my dumb ass went and put it on. I mean, here's our, like, so I got all the shirts printed. You know, I had my dad. <laughs> I sold my dad a, a bootleg extra uh, 3XL shirt, and I had him take a picture with me. It's a white background. I and then I and then I went to my friends. Uh, my friend was running a baseball site. Uh, of course, I you, saw, you guys heard this and I, on a podcast. But I put it on a podcast, and it was selling like crazy. New Japan like took the picture. They're like they didn't know about the damn, you know, the damn thing, the the damn uh, the website and stuff. But they they were they promoted my picture, and I was like, yeah, that's even better, you know. Oh, they got oh he they got he got King Haku to wear a Bullet Club. That's cool. Okay, put it on a New Japan website. And they didn't know I was back there hustling with the wet, you know, on a baseball site <laughs> trying to sell <laughs> uh, wrestling shirts. <laughs> I just, I just remember this, like the first, I, I came to Japan, I gave the shirts to my friend who was running the baseball site. I flew to Japan and he put it up as I was in the air about the land. And, and I put it on my Instagram and, and with the link to it and everything. And uh, within a day, he hit me up. My friend hit me up. He goes, dude, my, my site is slowing down because there was so much traffic coming in, you know, and it, we're selling hundreds of shirts. By the second day, it was like even more. He's like, bro, we're like 700 shirts right now. You don't even have that here. You know, and I was like, I was like, oh shit, you know, and, and by the third day, New Japan caught wind of it, you know, because everybody was hitting me up on social media. And they like called me into the office and like, hey man, what's what the fuck is going on, man? And I was like, oh, what the fuck? This is Hattori. I was trying to do a Hattori voice. This is Tiger Hattori is like uh, my caretaker, you know, here in Japan. He's like, hey man, what the fuck, man? What are you doing, man? Yes, uh, the baseball? I don't understand, man. <laughs> he didn't. He couldn't put it together, you know. Why baseball selling Bullet Club, man? And I was like, oh shit. So like. I text message my friend. I was like, bro, you got to take that shit down real quick. Please, 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 please. <laughs> take, take, take that shit down. He's like, no, nah, man, you're making a killing, bro. <laughs> I was like, no, nah, take that shit down, bro. And it, so he took it down and, and Prince David and all the boys fucking heard about it. And they saw it and they're like, Tom, are you selling bull lectures? I was like, what? Huh? What? What are you talking about? What? And they're like, yo, Tom was selling, you know, but everybody was doing it on the slide. 
I was just the one who was like, fuck it. And I'm gonna, I'm going in, I'm going all the way, fuck it. And then, uh, so, you know, just to kind of like ease the every, tension and everything with every, with everybody, uh, the boy's like, you, we're taking your book up court. This is what you got to do. And you got to apologize. And we did a video and I, I love that video, by the way, I, I keep it, I keep it in my archive because that's just, I think that's Bullet Club is always, we always did whatever we wanted. We always, you know, we always pushed, pushed the envelope and, uh, damn, I, that was a long ass answer for your question. My bad. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. I was dying. I literally, I had just finished taking my last final and I was absolutely dying watching that. Like I was <laughs> laughing my ass off. And that's a wrap. Thank you very much, everyone, for joining us here. Hopefully, uh, you've had as much fun as we have interviewing Carl Anderson this past weekend on Bullet Club 7th Anniversary Weekend, okay? Now, join us again next week. And please go to patreon.com backslash Thomas Island and hit that subscribe button, okay? You guys got to join us on this Friday Zoom on Happy Hour where we talk about everything that we've gone through this week through this podcast join us at our social media at thomas island on instagram and on twitter and our roster with this social media yep i'm at ross w berman iv on twitter ross berman iv on instagram you can find me all over the place happy belated club day hey happy belated club day baby online right now. I know that because you're listening to my voice. But are you protected? Listen, you've got to protect a case on your phone, right? If you don't, you've got guts because me, sometimes I just want my phone down in a hurry or it slips through my greasy hands. And safety is not always totally in my control. Kind of like being online. It's the same kind of thing. I want to tell you how I protect myself online with ExpressVPN. Every time you connect in a public place, some weirdo who escaped mom's basement for the day could be on the same network scanning for your sweet, sweet data to sell for an easy grand on the dark web. Your credit cards, the password to your crypto wallet, banking information, DMs. Yeah, you heard me. Those DMs you're sending every time your crush posts a thirst trap. Hackers love that kind of thing. Hackers these days have it easy with all the apps available on the dark web. Some of them are 12-year-olds with no accountability and the time to download an illegal app that could automatically steal your identity. And next thing you know, you've bought a thousand Fortnite V-Bucks for little Timmy's video game addiction he's feeding by hijacking your data. I love ExpressVPN because it's an encrypted tunnel that wraps around your data with its strong, warm embrace. It's so secure, a hacker would need a supercomputer in about a billion years to crack it. Or one billion supercomputers in one year. 
Hey, maybe they'll use your stolen credit card and use that to upgrade their setup. I also love how easy it is. All you gotta do is download the ExpressVPN app and fire it up on any device and you're protected better than ever. Phones, laptops, PCs, tablets, consoles, man, whatever. If it takes a VPN, you can use ExpressVPN. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash Tama. That's E-X. P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash Tama, and you can get an extra three months free. ExpressVPN dot com slash Tama.